0: All right, we are back better than ever with another episode of Love It There. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode on Nashville. It was definitely a fun one to record. We had a lot of laughs while we were recording, talking about some of our good old Nashville stories and memories. Um, this week, we're going to shift gears just a little bit. So, Nashville gives a lot of like wild energy, just like crazy stories, whereas I feel like Paris gives more sophistication, romantic, classy, very different vibe, Um, so I'm excited to get into it. It's a place that I haven't been to, but Kelsey has a lot of stories to tell and a lot of information to share, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into today's episode on Paris Rap.
1: Okay, so I feel like people either love or hate Paris, Um, but despite the fact that when I went, I missed out on quite a bit because I went as a college student and was being super, super cheap, and despite all that, still had the best time, and I am definitely a Paris fan. Love it to death. Um, I went with Jackson when we were, um, it was the summer before our senior year in college, so... Yeah, none of us, neither of us had a ton of money at the time and we were doing a little European adventure. So we had to save where we could and Paris was one of those places. But um, honestly, it's still one of my absolute favorite places. I am a huge fan of French food, which I feel like that might be a reason why some people actually don't like it because French food is very, um, I don't know, it's not like a lot of like comfort food that Americans are used to. Um, but I'm a fan. And uh, like Hallie mentioned, I also felt like it was a very romantic city. There was always like people dancing along the river, like swing dancing along the river or there was people with legit pianos in the street just playing music.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, and I love piano. I feel like piano just on the streets just brings a nice romantic touch to everything.
0: I feel like any kind of live music, like that's why I felt like Florence felt so romantic to me because there was so much like live music in the streets and
1: I feel like it just like sets the ambiance so well. Yeah, I think it's because in the US that just, there isn't that really, right? I mean, I don't know. Well,
0: I feel like if you live in like a big city,
1: then yeah. But a piano, I mean, nobody, I have never seen someone roll out a piano and just start playing a full piano in the United States. Not just like a keyboard, but like a yeah. actual piano. Yeah, that's cool. And then obviously another reason I love Paris is the Eiffel Tower, which get into that definitely a little bit later in the episode. I was surprised at how amazed I was by the Eiffel Tower. So if you are like I was and you think, the Eiffel Tower is just overly commercialized. You see it everywhere, that it's got to lose some of its luster because anywhere and everywhere, people describing French or France or Paris, there's the Eiffel Tower. But it truly, truly, truly was unbelievable. And I couldn't believe how I thought I was just kind of like jaded and was like, oh, okay, it's, I mean, I'm sure it's cool looking, but what else about it is so great? Right. I'll get into that. Let me just (laughs) get on my soapbox and talk about the Eiffel Tower for 10 minutes later on this episode. So Perfect. I can't wait. Um,
0: Before we get into all that, though, let's go ahead and talk about some of the listener content, some of the questions that have been sent in. The first one that got sent in, which is actually something that I wanted to ask anyways, because I've heard a lot about this from my friends that have been to France, is that they don't like any English speaker and that they're like really rude to you if they speak, if you speak English. So I'm curious what your experience was.
1: So, okay. So I looked into this because I had heard that as well, that French people have this stereotype of being mean or being rude. And I wanted to know, okay, where did this start? Is there a reason? Is there a specific story or did something happen? And Since then, French people are just rude and is it just to Americans or is it to everybody? Whatever. So I couldn't really find a whole lot on the internet, but I I think it really truly boils down to it's just a cultural difference. French people are different than American people Um, and it's also an overgeneralization just how Americans can have a stereotype of being like dumb or loud or just into partying or whatever and it's like, sure, that might be true for some people, but... That's a very general statement. So for French people, sure, there might be some that are a little bit more like rude or cold, but it basically boils down to French people are just direct and don't take time with the fake niceties or just the insincere small talk that Americans are used to. So yeah, when you go into a restaurant and you order something and you're like, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like I hope you have such a great day. blah, blah blah. They're not gonna smile back because they don't know you they are just there to do their job so they might just like hand you your croissant and just turn around and go back to what they're doing so
0: that's interesting because that's something that I really notice in Spain and obviously I haven't been to France so I like can't really compare but I was like shocked at how direct and to the point people were in Spain and it like was kind of a big culture shock to me and my friends like we felt like people were just like being kind of rude to us so it's interesting that that's the same way in France and how it can just be like perceived differently because we're used to like being so overly like polite I guess I don't know it's just like cultural differences but that's interesting
1: yeah so I don't know if like Spanish and like Latin America and those Kind of cultures do have a little bit more of a reputation for being loud and talkative and things like that, but I think in general Europeans are more Europeans in general, not just the French, are right. going to air more on the side of not smiling back and just getting their job done. I think it's yeah. a very uniquely American thing that we feel the need to be so fake and like over the top with everything, and I wonder if part of that is because. You – I don't know. I was just thinking about like the tipping culture and how that's so different where, you know, you like feel like you have to be so crazy to – earn your tip because that's what you're getting your money on. And so you feel like, you know, when you're in the service in- industry or whatever, you have to be so nice and the customer's yeah. always right. And you have to kind of play the game and be fake a little bit because it's like your salary in those positions are based off tips. Yeah. And it's not like that way in other places. So it's like these people working at coffee shops or working at cafes or whatever in other countries, they're literally just going to do their job and they don't need to talk to you and if they don't want to so yeah
0: yeah it's it's that's very interesting did you feel like you noticed that in Spain as well or did was that just something you noticed in France?
1: Yeah. I mean, I couldn't – in Spain, I couldn't really tell because I was trying to speak Spanish in Spain. Mm-hmm. So I think it's different when you – because that's another thing with the French. Like, they're very proud of their language and their culture. So if you speak to them in English, they're more likely to be kind of turned off by that and not willing to be so friendly with you. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Spain, I was – actually, I could speak Spanish. So – I didn't really see see and experience that side of things.
0: Yeah, it's not really comparing apples to apples, I guess, because you're actually trying to speak their language. So they're probably going to be a little more accommodating in Spain. Right. But something that I, because I've been to England and the reason I brought up like English speakers in general is because while in England, I heard multiple conversations brought up about how they just can't stand the French and how the French can't stand them. And so I was like, Oh, I, I was under the impression that they just thought like Americans were annoying. But my friend that's from England was like, Oh no, they just don't like anybody that speaks English. And I think part of it is just like the long history between England and France. And they've always just kind of like been against each other. And so I think there's like, kind of a long history of like beef between England and France and so it kind of just like gets wrapped up in like anybody who speaks English so I don't know if that's part of it too or if it's mostly just if you don't speak
1: French probably yeah I could definitely see that I would say if any of our listeners know or have more insight onto the into this please let us know because I'm interested and curious because I couldn't really find anything concrete about it online on my quick Googling. So, and I haven't heard truly from like a local French person or anything like that to tell me like if there's a specific reason or if it's like what Hallie was saying and it truly just kind of dates back to history and it maybe is just one of those things that's just been passed on for generations and nobody truly knows why there's that conflict. (laughs) But yeah. But I didn't truly experience. I mean, everybody that I met in France was really nice. I mean, I I remember specifically like the first place that we went um, when we got to France was we went to this little sandwich shop, and I had heard this that you know the stereotype that French people are mean; they don't like tourists, especially American tourists. And Jackson took one year of span or of French in college. He kn- he knows no French, so and I know absolutely none. So I was like, okay, we don't know any French. I'm scared to come in here and order a sandwich or whatever. And of course, we walk in, can't see where the menu is. We don't know where what we're doing. And so we just kindly, in English, ask the person working behind the counter how to order, what to do. She literally brought out like mini sandwiches and let us try them so that we knew what we could order.
0: It was oh so gosh. nice and I was
1: like so that was my first impression of a local French person and so that just like put gold stars in my eyes I'm like French people are the nicest people that exist I'm like this is amazing that's so funny yeah so actually okay wait no I take that back because that was the second local person that I met because our Airbnb host picked us up from the train station because we flew in. I don't know. We we were somewhere else in Europe first and then we flew into Paris and then we're taking a, a train to wherever we were staying close to the Airbnb. So anyways, our Airbnb host picked us up from the train station and like helped us walk back to the Airbnb with our luggage and everything so that we knew where we were going. And I just thought that was so nice. Like he That's really didn't really have nice. to do that. really nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because so I've nice. had Airbnb hosts like Meet us at the place, like show us around or like welcome us or help us with luggage. But I didn't have a single one that was like, Oh, I'll come take you from the train station.
1: Yeah, he was like worried about us because (laughs) I don't know. I think he was like, Oh, you know, I just didn't want you guys to get lost or, you know, you have all your luggage and not be paying attention and get something stolen or something like that. And so he's like, I just want to make sure you guys are okay. And our flight out from Paris to wherever we were going next was so early in the morning. So we woke up at like 3 a.m. to try to catch the bus to the um, airport. And Mm -hmm. our Airbnb host woke up with us, helped us carry our luggage down the stairs, get us to the bus stop because he wanted to make sure we got on the bus okay. And the bus comes by to pick us up and the bus driver spoke no English. And he tells our Airbnb host, oh, the bus to the airport isn't running until... It doesn't start until 5 a.m. or something. Well, our flight was like at 5 a.m. So our Airbnb host literally paid the bus driver to take us to the airport. So I was like, yeah, so French people are (gasps) amazing in my eyes. It was so nice.
0: Oh, my gosh. So how far away was the airport from your Airbnb?
1: Oh, I don't remember. I mean, we stayed downtown Paris. I think the Charles de Gaulle airport is kind of like far outside the city.
0: Did he not have like a bus route to get to? Like, how could he just take you guys to the airport?
1: Literally, I don't know. I didn't ask any questions. It was 3 a.m. And our Airbnb host was like, okay, he'll take care of you. Bye. I was like, thank you. This was like our first time traveling Europe. You know, we're still learning how to do things. And so we just get on with our huge suitcases and we get dropped off at the airport. And it was great. That's wild. I know. I still think about that Airbnb host. He was so nice. <laughs> but that's another thing about French people is they think it's really really nice to just like leave you be and let you be on your own. So like when we were so we actually had a shared room at that Airbnb. Whoa. Not a shared room. But we we had a room in his house. Oh. So a shared okay. like apartment. Not a shared I room. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What?"
0: I was like, "That's weird. Not a shared room."
1: We we had our own bedroom, but we were, like, in the apartment with yeah. him. And he, like, didn't talk to us the whole time, which we were there, which I like. I'm introverted. I don't really like socializing. And so, but other people might be like, that's rude. He didn't even try to get to know us or talk to us at all. But yeah. that's, like, French people think that's nice. They think I'm going to let you be on your own and not. They don't do small talk or anything like that. So yeah, which I'm a fan of. So, not a fan of small talk. No, absolutely not. Don't let do that. I kind of love
0: small talk.
1: It's a good trait to have. Which that's why I feel you're like is at-
0: like such a hot take, but it's like kind of fun.
1: <laughs> I think that's a very successful quality if you love small talk, because that means you're good at networking and. I absolutely hate things like that. Although I have gotten better at small talk with my job, but it still is like draining. Like I come home from work every day just drained.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like it depends for me. But yeah, I think that is like... I don't know. I never thought about it. I like, sorry, I keep talking about Spain in this episode. I know it's not about Spain, but it's just like all I have to compare it to because I haven't been to France. But that was something that like we talked about in Spain, too. And that was the first time I had experienced that where people are like, why do you feel the need to like have so much small talk with people you don't even know? And I had literally never thought about that until that conversation got brought up. And I've never thought of it as, like, a cultural thing, like, just something that, like, Americans do. And ever since then, like, I always think about it when you, like, walk up to people and you're, like, have a good day, like, at at a restaurant or, like, you're picking up your coffee and you're, like, thank you so much. Like, have a good rest of your day. Like, you don't know that person. Like, why do you feel the need to tell them to
1: have a good day? Like, do you really mean that? Like, maybe, but, like, you don't even know them. I know. I think that's so ingrained in our heads to just be, like, And it's not fake. Like I know when you're saying that to people, you're like being genuine. And because I am too, like I actually want them to have a good day. But yeah, it's like how genuine is it really? You know nothing about them. So you're a terrible person and you're telling them, you know, have a wonderful day. But
0: yeah, if you did that in another country, they're probably like,
1: what? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Weirdo. The other thing I was going to say about like filling silences with small talk is I don't know if it's because... In American culture, we're so used to just like so much stimulation and no silence, whereas things are a little bit slower paced in other countries that they're just so much more comfortable with silence than we are. And so it's like, you know, we just feel this need to fill it with small talk or whatever. But I don't think it's all bad either, because I think you can genuinely get to know people and it can form connections and things like that. So it's just different. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. To do things, but
0: right, yeah, it's just interesting to think about something that I like never would have thought about if I hadn't traveled and just like seeing how different cultures work, it's just like very interesting to think about. But
1: mm-hmm. the one thing I will say that is talking about right or wrong way to do things is the people selling trying to sell stuff in Paris. So I know we talked oh, about boy. this in the Barcelona episode of the people trying to sell stuff to us on the beach. Yeah, And, you know, in Barcelona, they would just come up to you and try to chat with you, get you to sell their stuff. If you say no, you might have to be like, no, no, thank you. No, really? No. <laughs> but they'll walk away. In yeah. Paris, they force it into your hand like literally force you to take it from them and then they like force you to pay them because now it's in your hand and literally they were trying to put a bracelet on Jackson's hand when we were there and he was forcefully being like no please go away please stop like I don't want this bracelet but they're like forcing it on his hand the guy made Jackson bleed he was like (gasps) forcing it on his hand so much and then this other person like Jackson and I were taking pictures by the Eiffel Tower and this guy comes up and like asked us if we wanted to buy a rose or no, they don't even like ask. Sometimes they just are like, oh, do you want a rose? Like, do you want this? And if you don't know, you might be like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like, thanks for giving this to me. And then they're like, you have to pay me. You took my rose and blah, blah, blah. And it's really aggressive and it's a little bit scary. They can get really intense. So, but I don't think that's like a... That's not a normal French person. Right. People trying to like hustle you and get get your money. Right. But that was very off-putting. So Yeah, that would
0: really have caught me off guard.
1: So yeah, be aware of that. If someone's trying to nicely give you something in Paris, it's not nice. Don't fall for the trap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not getting roses from men. They're not trying to flatter you. They're trying to take your money. Yeah. So... (laughs)
1: But overall, to answer the question, are French people mean? I would say no. It's just a cultural difference. Okay. Interesting.
0: And if you're listening to this and you've been to France and you've had a different experience, I'd be very curious to know, um, like, if you have any story times about, like, very bad experiences in France with French people or, like, anything like that, be sure to, like, let us know on the Instagram because I'm really intrigued to see if we have some different opinions out there.
1: Yeah, because I was in Paris for maybe two or three days, so I don't have that much experience to go off of. So yeah, I'd definitely be curious to hear other people's perspectives on that. Yeah. Okay, and then another
0: listener question we had was from somebody that you were with in Paris, and they wanted you to tell the story. I guess you snuck into a bar. I haven't
1: heard this.
0: So I'm very
1: intrigued. Have I? I I think you've heard this. Okay. Shout out, Amy. She's like our biggest fan of this podcast. (laughs) Love you so much. But okay, Amy and her brother, Eric, they're our childhood friends. We grew up together and we just happened to overlap in Paris for one night. Her and um, Eric, Amy and Eric, and then their parents were traveling around Europe as Jackson and I were. We literally overlapped in Paris for one night. And okay, this is another example of me being cheap and I didn't have like a data plan or a phone plan. I didn't want to pay for data. And so to text Amy and like coordinate, we wanted to meet up our one night together. I like had to try to find Wi-Fi and text her and be like, okay, we're going here, we're going here. And so we planned to go to this bar, which Amy, if you remember the name of it, I tried to look and find the name of it and I think it might have been Rooftop Cafe Oz so I think we were trying to we were like okay let's meet up at this bar and so we send off our last text message and then try to get into this bar so we're off wi-fi. Did Jackson have a data plan? No neither one neither Jackson nor I had a data plan. That's kind
0: of scary.
1: Yeah so we go to this bar and the line is insanely long and Which was weird because, you know, we've talked about how nightlife in Europe starts so late. And it was still light outside when we were getting there. So this was like early in the day and or in the evening. And yet the line was crazy long. And I forget even what happened. Eventually, I was like, we I couldn't find Eric and Amy. And so I just. Text them off Wi-Fi. Whoa, spent a couple dollars to send this text. (laughs) You're
0: desperate,
1: yeah. They're like, "Oh, we're in. Like, we'll come grab you." And so they like, we walk down. We're at the bottom of this line. The stairs are so long to get up to the top, and there's a big bouncer up at the top, like taking people's cover, which cover was like over twenty dollars. Which for me and Jackson to pay twenty dollars each to get into this bar at that point in our lives, that was a lot. Yeah.
0: That's just a lot in general.
1: Okay, yeah. So I see Eric and Amy at the top of the stairs and they I see them just like chatting and laughing with the bouncer. And then the bouncer just like waves us in. And so me and Jackson just walk up the stairs past all these people and get in for free. We don't pay the cover. And Eric and Amy also somehow didn't pay the cover. And they just like tout <laughs> this to like, oh, our friends are down there. Can you let us can you let them in? And they just I don't know what magic words they used. But oh, we literally were gosh. able to pass all these people and just get inside this bar. And we had the best time. It was so fun because we haven't. So these are our childhood friends that we grew up with, but then they moved to Wisconsin and Hallie and I lived in Indiana. And so we like didn't get to see them that often. And then to meet up with them in Paris was just so cool. That was actually their first time meeting Jackson. And so we just like stayed there all night. Like we got, they had this deal where you could get like buckets of beer for like five dollars or something oh and so we just got so many beers and we were just hanging out dancing like at this bar in Paris and it was such a great time
0: that's like the best most powerful feeling ever when you're like walking by everyone waiting in line and you just like walk right by them and like walk through the door and you know everybody's like well how are they getting in and you're just like yeah we know the bouncer like yeah we know somebody here <laughs> yeah we have
1: connections it was so empowering that and I think Amy and Eric would be so sad if I don't mention this it was so empowering that I said I'm not <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing I was like I'm not leaving here until I dance on top of a table <laughs> so-
0: oh I've- that's like <laughs> classic that's not embarrassing I like say that every time I go out do you actually do
1: it? Do you get on top of a table and dance?
0: Oh I've done yeah, I've done it before.
1: okay well, this is the like never
0: never in Paris right
1: a regular occurrence for Hallie. I've only ever danced on a table in Paris and probably East Lansing in college.
0: No yeah, that's fair. I've probably only done it in Bloomington. Yeah, I can't okay. think of another. Time. I
1: was in a public bar like. <laughs> A nice bar charging twenty dollars for cover and I danced on the table.
0: So (laughs) was anybody else doing that or were you literally the only one?
1: Oh, I was absolutely (laughs) only the the only one. Especially because it was not even that late because I think they both had a really early flight the next day. And so that's why we weren't like super late. So yeah, yeah, it's like
0: literally light out. You're probably
1: like 9 p.m. in the summer, so it's still very light out, and I'm dancing on the table. Oh my god drunk as hail because I had four beers like
0: <laughs> four beers that'll yeah. that'll knock Kelsey out for the night
1: yeah no that was a great time I feel like meeting up with people in another country when you just overlap is so special compared to just I mean it's awesome if you can you know meeting up with Eric and Amy at any time is amazing we always had the greatest time but it was just so cool that we got to share that moment together because everything was so new for all of us and then just being able to share that together was it was really cool
0: and there's just something like so cool about being like running into people that you know from home on the other side of the world right like that is so weird and like when that happens it's just like crazy like worlds are colliding moment you know yes
1: absolutely Yeah, it was great. So
0: why was the line so long? Was it like a really famous bar or what was special about it?
1: I honestly have no idea. I mean, we I forget how we chose this bar. If we like tried to do research or something and this like had good reviews or what. So it was probably just, you know, at the time this was 2016 or something where I feel like TripAdvisor or stuff like (laughs) that was like big. And I don't know if it was, but I didn't think it was a lot of tourists. It seemed like a lot of locals or not Americans. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was right on the river and they had a really cool rooftop. The music was good. There was that drink deal going on. So I don't know. But I mean, when we left, the line was even longer than when we oh originally God. were trying to get there. So we never would have gotten in. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So pays to know the bouncer which they didn't know the bouncer it was probably Did you eric. ever find out
0: like what they said
1: i'm sure i asked i i think i remember them being literally just like i think they accidentally went in a back door or something <laughs> i don't know i'll have to text amy and find out but i swear they like just found their way in and then eric just like talked to the bouncer the way he could do and yeah. then they just let us up
0: eric's such a smooth talker he's such a charmer. oh yeah
1: yeah, such a charmer.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like it, you definitely have told me that, but it was like literally years ago. Like I forgot. Like.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was so long ago. So
0: yeah. Okay, so Kelsey snuck into a bar. There's that. What about food? What was like the best French food that you
1: ate? Okay, yeah. So we went to this one restaurant and, uh, should I try to pronounce it? No, Le do Oh, oh, I think that was, was kind of good. good. Okay, yeah. I was okay. Like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> so we went to this restaurant. It's right by the Notre Dame, right on the Seine River, and that was like the best restaurant we went to. It had the best onion soup, which is French onion soup, but they just call it onion soup, obviously in France. So it's got you know the onions and the cheese, and it was delicious. Um. Oh, shoot. This I actually don't want to pronounce.
0: <laughs> you know how to say this? I don't even know what I'm looking at. The beef. I'm like looking at the word. I'd never even heard of that.
1: Oh, this is so embarrassing. Bourgeois. No, Bourgeois. no, no. Bourgeois. No, it's like Bourgeois. beef bourguignon. Yeah. Oh. But I don't think you say the first G. It's not like bourguignon. Oh. It's like beef bourguignon. I have no clue. I don't even know what that is. Okay. It's like a stew thing, like with beef and carrots and yeah, but less soupy, but yeah. So that's a very, um, that's like one of France's most popular dishes. Um, and then we also had creme brulee for dessert. So that was so good. That's the best creme brulee I've ever had was at this place. That sounds so
0: good. I'm sure that was amazing.
1: It was great. And then, yeah, that place was actually where we were sitting outside on, you know, we sat outside right on the river and that's where we could see there was little guy playing the piano and that oh, was so, so French, so French. Another great place to go, cannot recommend this enough, Little Bray's. It's a crepe place oh. and it's kind of in like a back alley off the beaten path, not on like a main street. That's when you know it's good. Yes, they have the best sweet and savory crepes. They're known for like their buckwheat crepes for their savory ones. And oh my gosh, Jackson, and I still talk about those crepes. They were <laughs> so good. And then also something I recommend is the Rue Claire market, which they have Rue Claire is like a street and it's open pretty much every day where it's just basically like a farmer's market and they have fresh oh, fruit, so fresh vegetables, fresh breads everything you can imagine and this is right next to the eiffel tower essentially so what i recommend is going getting a bunch of you know cheese meats fruit whatever baguette and then having a little picnic in the like grassy area in front of the eiffel tower that was so fun so fun how romantic i was gonna say that was really romantic Me and Jackson, newly dating, so in love, and we had our little picnic in front of the Eiffel Tower.
0: The fact that you guys – I mean, I guess you had been dating for, like, a few months at this point, but you're, like, newly dating, like, on a picnic in front of the Eiffel Tower in Europe, (laughs) traveling the world together. I'm like, what is your life? Like, I remember you about to leave for that trip, and I was like, this is just not even fair. Like, how am I ever supposed to live up to this? (laughs) And then you came back and, like, had all these photos, and I was just like, what the heck? I'm never going to find love. I was, like, oh, my- 12. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you had your hot girl summer, so – which is great in its own right in Europe. Your hot girl summer in Europe.
0: Yeah, that's true. But it it's different. I guess if I was in France, I really would have been, like, in feels, I feel like, but –
1: in, yeah. Spain
0: it, in Spain and Italy, it was great, but there's a time and a place.
1: I was going to say, I feel like it's, like, so romantic, but we were so cheap. Like, we literally, I don't know. It wasn't like we were, like, balling out and going, <laughs> Yeah, that's you know. true. So I feel like it's easier to, like, have a fun little Europe summer with your girls being cheap versus, like, yeah. I don't know. But we had, I mean, we obviously had so much fun, and it was great, but. yeah. Yeah, so we got really good macarons at um, one of the market shops, um, and then obviously, you know, their croissants are really good. Yeah, I was going to ask about that.
0: Are they, like, really that much better than a croissant you would get somewhere else?
1: I mean, they're definitely better than the croissants they have in the United States. I feel like, honestly, any croissant in Europe is going to be really good. Like, we had really good um, croissants in Switzerland, honestly, and... Yeah, so, I mean, I just think they do it different there. The They probably use more butter, honestly. I don't know. It's just more crispy and, like, flaky. Yeah, the croissants in the United States, you could just tell a lot of times. I mean, some places do them really good, but sometimes they're just, like, you can tell they're just frozen and warmed up or something. Yeah, like
0: the Starbucks chocolate croissants.
1: Right. Like, those are not real.
0: They're still fire, though.
1: Yeah. Other <laughs> French foods that are super good... That I just know of that we didn't really eat because, like I said, we were only there for a couple days. Um, where is like quiche Lorraine is really good, ratatouille, escargot, mussels, foie gras, which is duck liver. So, those are all French delicacies that, um, super good. I love French cuisine. So, I'll have to go back sometime very soon when I'm going back to France and try more food.
0: Hint, hint, little teaser.
1: Wait, okay, sorry, what exactly is ratatouille? That's like, um, it's like a vegetarian dish, and it's, I think it's like tomatoes and zucchini and eggplant and like a tomatoey sauce. Okay.
0: I like, am probably so uncultured I didn't realize that that was like the name of a dish.
1: You thought it was the name of a movie about a rat who cooks
0: well that's yeah that's all I've ever heard of it I didn't know it was like about a
1: ditch when we were flying to Switzerland Ratatouille was on one of the um like movie options and the amount of grown adults watching Ratatouille (laughs) including Jackson on our flight to Switzerland I just walk up to go to the bathroom and you can see everyone watching Ratatouille (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wait that's so funny
1: Because actually you know why Is because our connection was in Paris And so on the categories for all the movies They were like Choose like if you want to choose a movie About Paris and so Ratatouille Was like one of the options
0: Wait that's so funny So a lot of people were watching it That's hilarious Yes Okay well now I know Now I'm a little more cultured than I was before Um Okay. Let's talk more about Eiffel Tower. I'm very intrigued. I want to know more about this. So you said, even though you'd seen like a bajillion pictures, like we all have about Eiffel Tower and videos in Paris, whatever, what made it like so spectacular seeing it in person that you weren't expecting?
1: I, first of all, it was much bigger than I expected and just more. So Paris is a really flat city. I think there's laws that say buildings can't be more than, like, seven stories high or something. So, Oh, interesting. So it's not like you're seeing all these skyscrapers or these tall buildings or anything like that. And the Eiffel Tower is very tall. Mm-hmm. At one point, it was the tallest structure in the world until the Empire State Building in New York was built. So, I mean, it's very tall, especially in comparison to the rest of Paris. And mm-hmm. also something... When you see movies or TV shows, you assume that every apartment window you look out, you can see the Eiffel Tower, but you really can't until you kind of get like over to it. And so when you finally can see it, you know, we had been in Paris for like a day or so before we finally make our way over to the Eiffel Tower. And so when you finally see it and it's just this huge, tall structure with this huge grassy area right in front of it, there's nothing blocking the front of it. It's just like, whoa. It was just bigger and much more awe-inspiring. It like stirred something up within me that I wasn't (laughs) expecting. And so that was cool. So we go up it and you learn a lot of history when you go up to the top. um, Because there's stuff you can read. It's kind of like a mini museum in there. So I learned that it was very the architecture and the structure itself was very revolutionary for its time. Like I mentioned it at one point, it was the tallest structure in the world. So it was, but not only like, it wasn't like barely taller. It was the first structure to pass 200 meters tall and also 300 meters tall. So it was over a hundred meters taller than the next highest thing that was built at that time. So that's crazy. So why
0: why was it just, like, a landmark to make Paris, like, stand out? Or what was the purpose behind building it and behind making it
1: so big? So it was completed – it was built in 1889 for the World's Fair, which was, like, this big exposition to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the French Revolution. And Mm -hmm. the purpose of this fair was to just stimulate the economy – France was like in a little bit of an economic depression, um, and so it was trying to create this fair, stimulate the economy, and it was only supposed to be temporary. They built this thing as like a landmark for this fair, but it was supposed to be taken down eventually. They ended up putting a radio antenna on top of the Eiffel Tower and then they started using that for radio communication, which became so essential and valuable, they decided to actually keep the Eiffel Tower up and kept it long term.
0: That's so interesting.
1: At that point, the architectural design was so daring and so out there. People were like, Oh, this is temporary. Um, you know, the shape of it, it's so tall and skinny. It's not gonna be sound against like wind and h- harsh weather. Um, but then when it did and they decided to make it permanent and it withstood all of these like crazy conditions, it became this like cultural symbol for the French, like French know-how and industrial genius that because people were doubting it, and at that time people were like <laughs> yeah, we can do stuff like this. And this is the symbol of, of French culture. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. I did not know that. Yes. So do you, did you go in it? Cause you can go in it, right? There's like an elevator that takes you to the top.
1: Yes. So yeah, we went in and it's so worth it to go in. You have to pay to go in and like there's different levels. Um, but I would say it's worth it to pay for like the highest level to go all the way to the top. There's a restaurant on the first floor. And then the second level has a Michelin star restaurant, which would be really cool. And then at the very top, there's a champagne bar, which we did not pay for champagne regrets. I wish we (laughs) would have. And it's beautiful. Like I mentioned, the fact that France is such, or Paris is such a flat city. When you're up there that high, you can see forever I mean nothing is blocking your view and I recommend going up for sunset or going up a little bit before sunset so that you can watch the sunset and then by the time you go down it's dark and the Eiffel Tower lights up so that is really cool they for five minutes every hour on the hour when it's after the sun has set the Eiffel Tower lights up in like a million lights and it's so pretty. It's just so cool. And I felt like, so there was this little kid when we were up at the top and he was like up there with his dad and he was, (laughs) we're just looking out at the, you know, the sun setting and then the lights start twinkling. And this little kid is just kept saying, wow, this is so beautiful. And I was like, (laughs) There is such honesty and truth in little kids and what they say. And honestly, this kid just kept repeating that over and over again. And I'm like, yeah, this is actually insane. It's so beautiful.
0: And for like a little kid to say that when it's like, yeah, little kids are so honest. But also like they like a lot of times don't know how cool the things they're experiencing actually are. So for that little kid to like understand that it was like so cool for him to see like I don't know that's just funny
1: I'm telling you it stirs something up inside you that's very unexpected so it's like an emotional experience it truly is I felt it how long were you allowed to stay up there like once you got up I think you could stay up as long as you wanted we were up there for quite a long time because we didn't really plan to go up for sunset but we We're like, oh my gosh, the sun's probably setting soon. That'd be really cool if we could see the sunset from up here. So we literally just like hung out and stayed up there as long as we wanted because there's a champagne bar up there. So you could like sit there and like drink for a while and stuff like that. So yeah, that's so cool. So yeah, that's another thing that I saw when I was like actually doing research for this podcast was that they paint the Eiffel Tower every seven years to prevent rusting, which I didn't know, but they're, they have plans to paint the Eiffel Tower gold for the upcoming Olympics this summer. Oh um, or, my god! Yeah, this coming summer, which would be so cool. It's going to be a temporary thing, obviously, but I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. That's going to look so cool. I can't even like
0: picture what that would look like.
1: Yeah. And that's like something else that's really cool at the Eiffel Towers. They light it up with just like sparkly lights at night, but then for certain like cultural events or um, like they light it up in like pink every October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Or when they announced that they got the bid to host the 2024 Olympics, they lit it up in like the colors of the Olympic rings or just like things like that, um, which is cool. It's just like, almost like a symbol of or like a representative for, you know, Paris and French culture. And it it's not just a landmark. It's dynamic and it stays up with the times. Like in honor after like there was like a the um in Orlando like a homophobic shooting, they mm-hmm. lit it up in like the rainbow colors to stand in solidarity solidarity oh, wow. with that. And just like things like that where it's like making a cultural statement and you know, I don't yeah. know. It's just so cool. It's so different than anything else. The way that it can change and be dynamic like that. Yeah, that the way it they're life. like
0: using a landmark to like send messages and stuff. And it's not just a landmark. Yeah. Um, okay. So I talked about the Eiffel Tower. What are some other big landmarks that you saw while you were in Paris or that you'd like recommend going to see?
1: Okay. So um I feel like the famous one. So the Louvre is obviously it's the art museum. That's where like the Mona Lisa is inside the Louvre. And we this is I feel like my biggest regret of Paris is that we did not go inside the Louvre because I didn't want to pay the entry fee. Literally, I'm like, let's do all these free things and we're not paying to go inside museums. And how
0: much was it to go in?
1: Oh, I don't know. Probably not that much. But I did a want lot to, to it. a poor
0: college student.
1: Yes, exactly. So yeah, that's fair. There so there's so much rich art culture in Paris, and we did not go into a single museum, and I regret it. So I am not cultured when it comes to that. <laughs> um, but we went there and we took pictures outside of it because we're dumb. So you can say you were there, but yeah, now you're exposing yourself. Yeah. So definitely recommend going there even though we didn't go in. And then the Notre Dame Cathedral is very famous. Obviously, there was the fire there um, in 2019 and it's not like fully back open to the public. I think it's going to by the end of next year. Um, And then another famous site or well-known thing to do in Paris is going to the Sacre Coeur, which is like it's like two to three miles north of like the center of like downtown of Paris. And it's up on this really big hill. But again, it provides really good views of the city because the city is so flat. And so you can see the Eiffel Tower in the distance. And that's really cool. Um, so this it's based. I forget if I said it. it's a Catholic church in a basilica and it's known as the self-cleaning church. So it's like pearly white and just such so bright white and it's huge. And so it's really just this stark thing on the hute this huge hill, so bright white. But it's made of this it's built of this particular stone that when it comes in contact with rainwater, it secretes like this thin white substance that protects the outside of the building. So it literally is like cleaning itself. Anytime it rains, what? it like creates this whole new layer. Yeah, and so that's how it looks, just like so perfectly clean all the time. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: it makes me think like, why don't they build like all white buildings out of that? Oh,
1: I can't imagine how expensive this probably costs to build. <laughs> I out like of the just stone. build them all out of that. Right, like Hallie's <laughs> like build my house out of the stone that the Sacre Corps built. So then out I never of.
0: have to clean it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no power washers necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's because that's the big tourist spot. So that's actually where Jackson was attacked by the man trying to force him to buy the bracelet. There's <laughs> At the a lot church? of church.
0: Oh my yes, gosh. There's a
1: lot of those people there. So just be careful of that.
0: Okay. So you've talked a lot about how flat Paris is. Did you feel like that made it like pretty easy to get from place to place? Like, did you bike? Did you walk? Like what what did getting around look like?
1: That's a good thing to bring up. It I feel like it was not super walkable. Okay. For instance, like Notre Dame is like kind of in more of like the center of Paris. And the Eiffel Tower is almost a three-mile walk away from that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you're like walking there and back and like doing some walking around the town and stuff, like that's like a lot. So it's flat, so you could do it. But – I don't know. It just depends kind of what you're up for. Um, so we got these like little rental bikes, like those little city bikes that you can get from the little station and then bike around to the next spot. Yeah. Um, so those were everywhere when we were there. Um, we were just cheap about that too. And we like – I was going to tell the story of me and Jackson getting lost because, again, we don't have a phone plan. And, you know, you have these bikes for a certain amount of time. And so, you know, we are, oh, we're running out of time. We need to find a station and, like, lock these bikes back up so we don't have to pay for the extra time. And we get to these stations, and they none of them have two spots open. So we're, like, biking around, biking around. We're, like, we're running out of time. So Jackson's, like, okay, you park your bike here, and I'll go bike really fast to another station, but don't leave because we didn't have a phone plan, so he couldn't, like, call me and be, like, okay, I'm here. So... (laughs)
0: Literally, we're so dumb.
1: No, all we had to do was turn our data on and just send a text, but we didn't. And also, or we could have just paid a couple extra dollars for us to just keep biking around until we found one (laughs) with empty bikes. Just.
0: But you couldn't send the money.
1: I'm so much wiser now, and I've learned about what's truly important in life, and not to fret about these little things. But you know, sometimes you have to go through that to learn. So that's true. So Jackson bikes off sprinting in the opposite direction and I say, (laughs) okay, Jackson told me to stay here, but I'm waiting here for a couple minutes and I'm like, well, let me just at least start walking in the direction he's going because if he had to bike so far away, now he's going to have to walk back to me and that's going to take forever. So I start walking in the direction that he's going. Well, then by that time he like bikes or gets back around and I'm not there.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. So he's running through the streets (gasps) of Paris, yelling,
1: Kelsey, Kelsey. Oh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. He said he saw me, like, down a street alley, just like, just like walking with no care in the world. And he's, like, freaking out, sprinting until he finally catches up to me. He was so worried. And I was just like, oh, I just thought I was walking to you moral of the story, get a data plan or just use your data. Don't worry about a couple dollars you're saving on these bikes. Yeah.
0: That's like so funny that you didn't get a data plan because I also was the only one on and probably my program that didn't pay for a data plan when I went abroad this semester or this past summer. Because I told you, I said, you'll be fine. Just use Wi-Fi. Yeah. Well, Wi-Fi in Europe is not the same as Wi-Fi in the U.S. Like, I don't know if you had that experience, but first of all, nowhere had free Wi-Fi. Like, even in coffee shops where, like, you would expect that you it was password. Like, you had to go ask for it. Then when you did connect to it, it was so slow. You, like, couldn't get anything on it. And so I, like, this will be stories for another time, but I, like, was in many situations where I definitely should have had data and I was like in sticky situations because I couldn't get a hold of people and so it's just like funny that like both of us are like oh we can't like we can't spend the money like it's not worth it and then I ended up having to pay for data when I went to Italy because all of like the Airbnb information was on my phone and so when we were going from like train to train like Trying to contact the host. I was like, whatever, this is too complicated. I'll just like pay for it. I literally got a text from mom today, and she was like, You spent so much money on the Verizon bill when you were in Italy. I was like, okay, do you want me four months be- ago? No, I know. And she li- literally just texted me about it today. And I was like, first of all, just Venmo me. Like, it's fine. I'll just <laughs> front the bill, like whatever. But It was just, like, funny that she was like, you spent so much money because you paid for a data plan. I'm like, okay, did you want to not hear from me for 10 days? Because that's the alternative.
1: No. Moral of the story, figure out a data plan or just honestly use your phone data. Like, AT&T has this thing now. So when we were in Switzerland recently, I just... You really only need like Jackson and I were traveling together in Switzerland, and only one of us needs a phone. Really, if you're staying together the whole time, yeah. And so I just and AT and T has like a ten dollars a day to use unlimited international data. That was not that bad because we were not. That's there what for Verizon that long. does too. Okay, yeah. So if you're going for like a semester or something, that's not a good idea. But for yeah. a week long trip, I was like, okay, this is fine. It's worth it, and yeah, but we should have done something different so you can get like you
0: can get sim cards like most people get sim cards when they're gonna be like abroad for a long extended period of time but i was just like too lazy and cheap to do that and so was kelsey so what does that what does that tell you about our upbringing
1: (laughs) yeah oh gosh
0: (laughs) wonder where we learned that from (laughs) i know you're
1: listening mom Yes, we learn from the best mom. We love you. <laughs> All right. I think that's that kind of wraps up our Paris episode.
0: As usual, let us know on Instagram. If we missed anything, if you disagree with anything, if you had other experiences that you want to share that you feel like might change our opinions about a couple of things, we are all ears. We love hearing about everybody's stories. So please reach out to us at love at their pod on Instagram. Um, Kelsey. You're going to be posting the video recording of this on YouTube in a few days from when you're hearing this on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you're listening. So be on the lookout for that if you want to get some more pictures and videos that might help give some context to the stories that we're telling. Yeah, I think that's pretty
1: much it. Do you have anything else, Kels? I think that's it. Guys, thanks for hanging in with us. Hallie and I were both a little bit struggling to get things going today but we did this podcast for you guys. We said (laughs) for the people you actually keep us motivated. I mean we have fun. We love this. I think we have just had a long weekend. We record on Mondays if you didn't know so but you guys keep us going and we've gotten positive feedback on every single one of our episodes which is so encouraging because we're just out here chatting and having fun but seriously we're glad you guys get some enjoyment out of this. We hope to keep this going for a while but The positive feedback really, really motivates us. So feel free to leave us a review. Um, Yeah, we would love that.
0: Yeah, we've gotten quite a few reviews already, which just like really warms our hearts, gives us the motivation to keep going. So yeah, if you haven't given us a review and you've been enjoying and listening every week, make sure to do that because it just like makes us smile, makes us happy. So yeah. Okay, we will see you guys next Thursday for another fun episode. Bye guys. Much love.